This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest. Part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com family. All right, welcome in college hockey fans in the desert southwest on Long Island in New York, in Las Vegas, Nevada today, in Arizona, around the United States. It's College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Paul Hornstein, live from uh, online on Long Island in New York. Yeah, I keep trying to get it right the first time. Uh, if you just say from Long Island, that's close. It's just people get cranky <laughs> when it's the in or on. You can't be in Long Island. So. I know. <laughs> well, you can. As many times as I've seen you at the beach in the last couple of weeks, you could actually be in Long Island. Hey, I was doing show prep, okay? So. <laughs> All right. So. Introductions are ready. Paul Hornstein, live from uh, Long Island, New York, Scott Strandy live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I had a great shot set up of the high roller, which is right behind my room, but uh, it was a little bright, so you could either watch the high roller or watch me. And uh, uh, Paul said that my face was most important. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I opened you up for one there, but... You can't be lobbing those <laughs> balls like that, uh, Scott. Excuse that's, me. That's too easy, but I can't let it go uh, either. All right. Well, it's another College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Arizona State just keeps making news for us, Paul. I, no matter what we do, they keep coming up with something more for us to talk about. The latest news broke yesterday. Uh, volunteer goaltender coach Eddie Lack, who is still an NHL player, rehabbing, has not retired officially, trying to get through it, built a house or bought a house in, in Arizona. Um, him and Coach Powers struck up a... Uh, friendship i guess he agreed that they would be good partners he's coming on as a volunteer uh the funny part about that is they sent out a tweet just a little while ago sun devil hockey did that said he'd be getting paid in tacos so i made the reference that maybe he should get paid in college college bar and grill tacos and could come down every tuesday night and visit with us but we'll see what happens on that end well listen if you're not going to get paid in money getting paid in tacos is a pretty good <laughs> deal too so can't really complain about that so uh we can discuss that too congratulations to coach powers and getting another big name in the program this time it's a it's a coach but if there was one area that you had to be a little bit concerned with as the season gets ready to start we're still a month away but as it gets closer to starting um goaltending might have been that area where you know, Coach Power is a goaltender himself, but he oversees the whole program, makes sure everything's operating. Right. This gives his three goaltenders um, a little chance to, uh, to to get some one-on-one time with a with an NHL veteran. And, and Eddie Lack is certainly no slouch, a, a Swedish superstar, if we can. And uh, he's going to be a big asset to the program. Well, listen, uh, anytime you can get an NHL uh player or some sort of NHL affiliation with your with your team and your program, it's never going to hurt you. Uh, Lack uh, has played parts of six different seasons, maybe uh, a couple more than that, um, mostly with Vancouver and Carolina. Uh, but he was, uh, at the moment, part of the New Jersey Devils organization. Uh, he played in the Calgary organization. Um, he's got 50 wins in the NHL and a 2.6 goals against average with a 91% save percentage. So those are good numbers. 
Yeah, absolutely you know, they are. Um, I, I knew that you'd be my guy to dig those up on short notice. I just knew that Paul would have them for me. So while I was out touring a golf course today, shooting video for UNLV hockey, which, by the way, is climbing quickly, climbing really quickly. But that's a story for another day. Paul dug up the, the numbers on Eddie Lack, and thank you for that, sir, because I no appreciate problem. that. Um, as long as we're on the topic of goaltenders, Okay. A lot of questions have been thrown my way, your way. You and I threw them at each other. Why Evan DeBrower did not play uh, in China. Right. Um, I heard a while back and sent you the message as to why. You right. sent some uh, questions to Coach Powers and got a, a quote from him. So let's start right with that factor. Why was Evan DeBrower not with the team in China? Uh, can we just it say it wasn't at- can we, can, we just say, can we just say it wasn't academic or discipline? Yes, we can say that. It absolutely wasn't. Um, some crazy things happened, and they didn't want to take any chances. And it was not injury. It was not academic. It wasn't disciplinary. And uh, uh, does it mean he probably has to work slightly harder uh, when camp starts <laughs> up again in a couple of weeks? Sure. Yes. Um, yes. Max and, and Prozik and Justin Robbins are going to have a couple of games under their belt. Um, things that Evan definitely needs. Um, uh, Max Prozik did a, a, a really good job uh, in his three games uh, in China. Uh, I thought especially the two games I got to see, he did really well in the, the championship game. Uh, Coach... Uh, answered our questions about uh, Justin Robbins, um, kind of the freshman nerves in the first game, uh, but uh, more importantly than that, bounced back pretty strong in the second game. And, you know, you can understand a, a true freshman being a little nervous in his first game, playing with new teammates, not really having a feel for what that extra level of speed is going to be, uh, either with his teammates or guys that, Regardless of what level it is, they're still professionals. Uh, even if it's the equivalent to the ECHL or the AHL, they're still professionals and have a higher maturity rate because they're older. So you could see where some nerves uh, could cause a problem uh, for a true freshman making his first start, even if it is in a preseason game. Uh, but Coach was very pleased with the way he bounced back. And um, I am sure that uh, Evan will get his chance. They already know what he can do, uh, even if it wasn't a lot of game action. Uh, he's been in the program, and they've been around the program, and he know the coach knows what he can do. Uh, it might have been a little bit more worrisome if it was one of the other two guys who had not seen game action or been around the program. But um, we just wanted to make sure that – People knew that it was not academic, it was not disciplinary, and it was not... It was not medical. It was not medical. Just... Exactly. Right. I, so. I'm sure in, in due time, people will find out the exact reason, and they'll probably have a chuckle at it now because the team won the tournament. They came back. They had a really good time. I feel most badly Awful. for Evan for missing Awful. the experience that it was because yeah. uh, from all indications, it was a fantastic experience for all the players, coaches, family, people that were over there, alumni in China, 
I mean, everybody benefited from them being there. So, um, okay, let's move on. Um, okay. The team is back. Uh, they're on. They're on solid ground. I saw PJ Morocco walking down Mill Avenue yesterday, during the middle of the day before I left for Vegas, um, looking very strong, very fit, um, getting ready for classes. I would presume, but uh, uh, so the guys are back. The legs are under them. Now we wonder. How much positive did this bring this team? Well, when you win, it's never negative. Right. When you win, it's never negative. It gives you more confidence. It makes you feel better. It makes you uh, more comfortable in what you have to do. Um, I, I definitely think that you saw some combinations that the coach put together that he even said to uh, – us in response that uh, really, really clicked. And uh, you, I would be, I'm not necessarily sure about all the combinations, but uh, we know that on defense that uh, Josh Maniscalco is going to play with Brinson Pashnik. And we know apparently that Canaram and Judson are going to play together because uh, coach was very impressed with what those two guys did over there. Uh, as far as the forwards are concerned, uh, he said that uh, the moment they put uh, Johnny Walker, Demetrius Kumanzis, and James Sanchez together, they clicked almost immediately. And if you yeah. saw some of the highlights and some of the passes and, and, and some of the pretty setups that they made during that game and or during that series – um, you can see why they clicked right away. And, uh, you know, kudos to, once again, to Demetrius for making that trip over there after he got uh, uh, released from the USA Junior Camp. And he went out there, and, and it probably took him an extra day or two to get his feet under him. But he put that line combination together, and they clicked and scored a lot of goals. And uh, if that's the way it's going to work, then look out because that could be a very, very dangerous uh, first line or at least top scoring line. Um, they seem to, especially uh, Johnny and Demetrius, seem to know where the other was going to be in the video that we did see. And if you're starting to play like that where you know where the other guy is going to be and you don't have to think about it, uh, a kid who's as good at passing as Demetrius, and who's got a great shot like Johnny Walker, that could be a very, very dangerous combination. And I assume Demetrius will shoot more this year than he did last year. And if he does that, you're going to have a very, very dangerous first line. Um, and if you can get any secondary scoring, you won't even need a lot at that point. Be very, very dangerous team. So, Okay. I agree with you on everything except for the very last statement that you made. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back in with the depth part of it. I'm going to revisit what Coach Powers told me a month or two ago. Uh, depth is what he has now. And I truly believe that what he thinks is going to happen with this team is he's got the top six forwards that can play with anybody, anybody else's top six in college hockey. Where I think he thinks he's going to have an advantage is the second six forwards because that third and fourth line 
are better than people are given. When you have a guy like Dominic Garcia and uh, and Philip Bunces playing on a third or fourth line, and and Steen Passionate playing on a third or fourth line, that is a lot of teams' second line, right? So that's where they're going to match up. I think that depth is what's really going to be the difference this year. I think it's going to be inevitable that, like last year, people tried to shut Johnny down, and they're going to try to do it again. I don't think they'll be nearly as successful this year, strictly because of his new line mates, if they stick together, are right. going to give him opportunities. Well, the other thing, Paul, that I would say is, and I'll let you get into it in just a second, the other thing I think is by having depth, they're going to have a more potent power play because they're going to be able to rely on those guys on the power play when it's available to them, as opposed to in years past, they had to keep going out there every second or third shift just to stay on the ice and be even. Well, the depth will give them a chance to not have to rely on one line to do most of the scoring. Uh, it may take a few games for us to see that. Um, what we did see in China was, like I said, not everything. But some of the goals that we did see, for example, Logan Genuine score, those were goal scorers' goals. Hold on a minute. So, Logan Genuine, can that kid score goals? Well, it's <laughs> early, but, uh, it, it, you know, you what can't kind of, teach hands. Hold on a minute. What kind of stat did he have last year? Do you happen to know how many goals he scored last year? Um, uh, yeah, I think it was 60. Yeah, okay, he scored 60. He can um, score goals. He may not well, score 60 in, in NCAA no. hockey, but but he can score goals. So if he gets his opportunity, he's going to find the back of the net more times than he won't. Go on. Well, and, and, and Coach, in talking about uh, Logan, says, uh, especially once uh, Leanne Blinn gets her hooks into him and gets <laughs> him uh, in better college hockey condition, uh, he's going to become more and more dangerous. So uh, it might not have the consistency right away at the beginning of the season, but you start to hit uh, the end of November, the beginning of December, um, when he's kind of had a chance to adjust. Uh, he could be very, very dangerous. And if he starts to score, um, and I look for him actually to, to score on some on, on to score some power play time. Yeah, that will I give him too. a chance Absolutely. to. That will give him a chance to, to to play in some space and give him a chance to put his hands to work really well. Um, you would think with the increased depth that the power play would be better. Um, I know I am – I don't want to say I'm in the minority in this because I don't really know how much it's ever been discussed. And I'm just a crazy man. Uh, I personally oh. – Oh, cut the tape there, executive producer. Let's keep that one. Yeah, well, I'm just a crazy man. We are, But this we already know. This is not news. Um, myself, and I'm not the coach, and I get it. Um, if you're going to play four forwards on uh, the power play, can we make number seven be the other defenseman on the, on the power play? Uh, yes. He was a defenseman. Johnny was a defenseman growing up. He's yeah. a better passer than he gets credit for because he scores goals. And I, I think that would open up everything else down low because people would be afraid of what he can oh. do with the puck. 
And you yeah. saw one of those games in China. He ripped off one of those sl- yeah. semi-slap shots, and the goalie didn't move. So yeah. this is just me. Once again, I'm 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 not the guy that makes the lineup, but it might be something I would experiment with, um, and use him and Brinson as the guys to 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 run that power play um, and put. But this is just me. Once again, I you know well, I don't want to tell the coach to do. I don't. He gets paid. I, would, I don't. I would love to see that. Hey, that was a slap at me on that one. <laughs> what? That the coach gets paid and I don't? No, no, that you don't. <laughs> don't tell well, me no, that yet. No, I don't get paid to coach the team. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't get coached to pay the team. I'm waiting for you to send me right. my talk. So. <laughs> All right. So my only concern in that in that theory is if uh, if you've got Brinson and Johnny on the power pole, you better control the puck because if it gets past either one of them, I don't know that. I mean, Brinson's a pretty solid defenseman, but I don't know that Johnny's going to be able to get back. And he spends a lot of effort uh, on the offensive end of it. So I, it's an interesting concept. I wish they would try it. Maybe maybe will coach will listen to this and go, yeah, let me give it a shot. Long distance devil said it's a good idea. Yeah, either that or he's going to say, what the flying flank do those guys know? And they should <laughs> shut the hell up. But, you know, either one of those, I guess, would be possible. All right. All right. So we, we talked about Eddie Lack. We talked about the goaltending situation. We talked about the depth on the team. Um, this time of year, we're really talking about healthy. For, as far as I heard, everybody came back from the trip healthy. I didn't hear anybody dinged up or anything like that. So the guys that were out are recovering. For those that don't know and don't college follow college hockey religiously like you and I do, um, there's a little time off right now, right? The guys can't right. report until I believe it's the first week week of September before they can actually get on the ice to start working with coaches. They can captain's practice. They are doing that, I believe, starting this week again. They had a little time off to kind of get their legs back. And uh, so there'll be some opportunity to see what these guys can do on their own. But once things get rolling, September 1st, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch college hockey in the Southwest because this team – is a team of destiny already. I mean, you can see by the move of going to get a guy like Eddie Lack and bringing him on. Um, you can see by the recruiting. You can see by the professionalism. I thought one of the best things I heard was um, I got an email back from Mitch Terrell, as you know as well, and, and I was kind of still hyped up on the China thing. And he goes, you know what? Um, that was a great win. It was a great experience. We're moving on to bigger and better things. So <laughs> they've already put it in the rearview mirror, if I will, and they're focusing on an NCAA hockey season, and they're focusing on getting to the national tournament, then the Frozen Four, then winning the whole thing. So all I can say to that, Paul, is the magic number is 24. Uh, yeah, okay. 24? <laughs> 24? Know, this is, this is the only – listen, this is the only reason why I'm going to sit there and say to you, <laughs> Uh, maybe we should wait just a little bit, just not because we. I don't think that ASU will be good, and just because I don't, I don't want to sit here and say that twenty or twenty-four is an unrealistic number. Um, I want to see the other teams. Yeah, I I, yeah. I want to see uh, how the yeah. schedule breaks down because last year ASU played BU and BC, and both of those teams were expected to be, if not in the tournament, legitimate tournament threats, and they had off years. So yeah. uh, 
A is do I think that ASU is good enough to win in the twenty to twenty four range? Uh, if especially if they get goaltending, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, let me tell you this: if they're going to the national tournament, as we've talked about in nauseum, uh, being an independent, in my estimation, they must win twenty four games because the schedule on paper is not as tough as last season. Uh, even coach told me that again when we visited a while back that. When they looked at their schedule last year, it was a gauntlet. And many te- many people said, how could you schedule something that difficult? And they got through it and, and got to their first ever national tournament. This year, I think everybody would agree it's a little bit less difficult. And uh, sometimes that's good and bad, as you know, in sports. Right. You can let down on teams that you should beat. And they can't afford that. That's why I'm saying right now in the middle of August, the magic number is 24 because you need to get that number to 24 or better as soon as possible. If, well, if you can win first 24 straight, fantastic. We know that's not realistic, but if you can, the faster you can get to 24, the more comfortable you're going to feel about getting into that national tournament again. Well, here's here's the way I'm looking at it. Okay, um, they 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 open up with two games against Mercyhurst. You have to win those games. Sure. You have to win those games. Absolutely. It doesn't matter whether you win them two to one, ten to one, whatever the case might be. You have to win those games. Those are games that you are now going to be expected to win, and losing would really hurt you. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm okay. Uh, then their next six games after that at Minnesota State for a pair, at Air Force, and against Quinnipiac. Okay. So. Yeah. You're talking about four games in a row on the road. Okay, uh, Minnesota State will be a top ten team. Air Force is Air Force. They're playing at home. They're playing on an Olympic sheet, so you're playing in the altitude, and you're coming off what will be a tough, tough two game series in Mankato. So you're going to be back to back road trips. Okay, even though Air Force is probably just an hour flight. Okay, so that's four games right there that you will get an they will get an early early test um you want to make the ncaa tournament you have to win at least two of those games yeah you have to win at least two of those games that's just reality of things Um, yeah i think you gotta i think you gotta come out of those six games you just mentioned i think you gotta come out four and two yeah you gotta gotta split on the road and sweep at home and quinnipiac sweeping at home is not going to be easy no but what i will say is this arizona state team right now is much more equipped to win at home, even though they were very successful last year at home. Right. They're going to be more equipped this year because of the players they have on the roster. Well, listen, for once now, the edge and experience will be, if not for ASU, it won't be against them. So when yeah. they go to play at Mankato, these are going to be players that, have been in big games now. They have won big games. Uh, they were a, a crossbar away, at minimum, to sending that first NCAA tournament game into overtime, if not, yep. and, and giving themselves a chance to win. Quinnipiac, even though they're going to be at home for those two games, Quinnipiac is just another one of those year-after-year solid teams uh, they have to replace Andrew Shortridge. They have to replace Chase Prisky. But Rand Pecknold, year after year, manages uh-huh. to do that. 
So this is uh, uh, after those first two games against Mercyhurst, you know, you you have to come out of those, I think, four and two, and as you do as well. Totally agree. So, totally agree. And then, just because I have it in front of me, before you, then you're going to go up and play another road trip at Fairbanks. Yeah. And just to travel to Fairbanks is not ever easy. Just not, uh, never easy. Logistically but, getting there. But road games, you can't afford to lose. No. No, sure can't. Road, you know, the, the expectations of winning are now there. And these games, when you play against those teams, you cannot lose them. You can't. Not if nope. you plan to make another trip back to the tournament. So um, that's what, something else we're going to see this year is how this team responds to no longer being the plucky underdog. There's going to be a lot of games now where they're favored. Yeah, well, let me answer that one for you in two words. Greg Powers. He does not allow his team to get out of focus. It, it was no more. I don't care what the competition was in China. I don't care at all. It could have been against little leaguers. He picked up a team. He worked with them for less than a week on the ice. He flew them halfway across the country. All kinds of distractions. Put them on the ice. A bunch of guys that had never played together before. And came out with a 4-0-1 record and a tournament championship. So that's what you call putting your team in game-focused perspective. I don't think that there will be a weekend where his guys are not focused. And I also think that's my next point on depth. I think the depth that they have on this roster right now will keep them uber-focused all season long because you have a guy like Max Balance, and I know he was hurt, but he, he wasn't was in this defensive lineup right now. And no. I don't know if he would have been if he was – if he was healthy. And here's the thing with Max. We watched Max fight the two years ago and last year to get that spot in the lineup. And he's got to be thinking to himself, my goodness, now I'm back in a fight again for a, for a spot on the starting lineup because that, that roster is loaded. So you, if you're a player on the Sun Devil hockey team, you cannot afford to take a practice off. No. Well, listen, I, I, I would agree with that. Uh, you had two guys, uh, in balancing uh, and Jax Murray, who's a, a freshman, um, they're injured. They were injured going into the trip to China. And when I spoke to the coach, he's not sure if they're going to be back in time for the opening of the season. So now you're talking about falling even further behind because yeah. you're not going to be ready for the start of the season. And you're giving more guys an opportunity to make sure that they secure their spot in the lineup. And, you know, that is not going to be easy to do. I mean, these guys probably would have played some in China had had they been able to, to, to be healthy and, and, and play. But now you're going to be almost two months behind because depending on what your injury is, Conditioning and staying in condition, which is not game condition, is is going to be even tougher when you're injured. So uh, those two guys are looking at uh, at trying to figure out how they break into the lineup, assuming everybody uh, stays consistent and stays focused. 
and uses that magic number being one every day instead of 24. But that's another point. Um, I lost I lost sound on for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Did I just hear you saying the magic number is 24, right? Um, uh, no, I believe the coach says it's one. So okay, but okay. you know what we well, think is almost once again. Once again, way. let's go back to this statement from earlier so, in the show. I don't get paid either, and I say it's 24. <laughs> but you know the difference is, of course, Jax Murray being a freshman, he has time. Yes. Yep. Now, if he doesn't. If he's un, uh, unfortunately not able to play much this year or not able to play this year because he can't recover from the injury, he could take a red shirt and have four years. Uh, I don't, off the top of my head, recall uh, Max Balanson's situation, if he has that red shirt year available to him or not. But he's already got two years under his belt. Yep. So, and as the talent pool gets deeper, okay, and... We've said it already, uh, probably ad nauseum on my part. Coach loves Judson. He loves Semek. Uh, he thinks, I, I, I don't know how much bench time those guys are going to see. Uh, Coach uh, said that if Jared Gorley continues to uh, avoid the freshman yips, and you would think now that he did, it's going to be tough to take him out of the lineup. And we know he loves Jacob Wilson. So if you're a defenseman. Yeah. You're a defenseman. Where are you playing? That's what I'm saying. If you're not one of those six guys breaking into that lineup, especially if you haven't been able to practice or or be in game condition, is going to be very very difficult. And you know, as a coach, those are good good problems to have. So, absolutely. Well, we won't we won't ramble on too long because we got a couple more uh, shows to get in before they actually start doing some ice time, but. I'm hoping to get coach or a coach or somebody from the program on our hockey talk in the desert Southwest this Tuesday night. I haven't got confirmation yet. I'm still hoping for that. And then we'll have some more to talk about. Well, one thing I do want to tease for next week is I want to start talking just a little bit about hypothetical. Um, As your team gets better, hypothetically, you have to start to plan to lose players like North Dakota does. Boston right. U does, Boston College does. Because you have to start thinking about, is Johnny Walker going to move Move on? Is other people, Demetrius Komenzis, is he going to move on? You don't really know. Nope. But you have to talk about it, and you have to understand what's in the pipeline. And one thing that I keep getting uh, messages on Twitter and, and to my email and to my text message from kids coming in the future, their parents have sent me some messages going like, whoa, what's happening with this roster? It's getting better and better. And I'm talking guys that are coming next year or the year after. And they're mm-hmm. kind of wondering, where's my kid going to fit? And, you know, one of, one of the ones that, that we just lost, Gage Mackey, really was a numbers game. He never really got a shot. Right. Right. And, and he ended up, I think, just moving on because he realized that he probably wasn't going to get the time that he wanted. And, you know, you feel bad for a kid like that, but that's, and then we'll talk about this next week. That's the uh, pitfall, if you will, of success. You always have to be able to juggle and have guys in the pipeline. And from all indications, Greg Powers is a master. And I know he's going to say, when I tell him that, he's going to say, no, no, it's my, it's my Mike Field and it's Alex Hicks. Those are the guys that are doing that. But don't listen to him, coach, or anybody out there, because coach, is very good at deflecting things, but he's also very much in control. 
he knows what's going on. He knows everything that goes on. I think I may have told you the story one time that he sent me a Facebook message on a on New Year's Day a few years ago because I I was uh, having some conversations with with some players from St. Cloud State, and right. he he sent me a message asking me to uh, make sure I edited my video correctly to not put up anything that may be detrimental to somebody else's program. So <laughs> if he's if he's that into what's going on, don't kid yourself. Greg Powers is in control. And, you know, I'm going to say this again. I said this publicly last week. I said, Dr. Crow, Ray Anderson, I hope you realize what you have in a hockey coach here because you have got a really, really, really good hockey coach. And I know that he's a Sun Devil for life. I know that'll never change, but you need to start acting like this guy is one of the best because he is. And he's gaining respect around the NCAA by leaps and bounds. Well, I, I should remember this, but I don't. Was he even one of the finalists for Coach of the Year last year? Yes. Was he? He yes. was a finalist. I don't, was a, th- I don't know See, if he was I don't know if he was I know he was up for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he was, he finalist. was a finalist. I, we'd have to double check on that. But, but he should but, have been. Yeah, he certainly should have been. And, and if you want somebody to run your program that not only is successful on the ice, but incredibly successful off the ice, He's your guy. If you just look at the numbers academically for his students, they're they're one of the top, if not the top at Arizona State in GPA, team GPA of any team that ASU has there. So you need to appreciate him. Um, I don't know that he would ever go anywhere because I don't know that he has aspirations of being an NHL coach or moving on. to. I know he doesn't want to coach anywhere else in NCAA hockey because he's a Sun Devil for life and he wants to be here I think he can see himself being a Jerry York, you know, being here for 40 years. And uh, listen, this is this is what I know about uh, my fellow Cronkite school graduate. Um, oh, good one. You like that? Yeah. Um, his business before he became the coach was he was an executive recruiter. Right. <laughs> so. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> You play you to win play the game. To win the yeah, game. No, I, I couldn't. I just. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. Um, but so uh, obviously you have to tweak a few things because there are a few more rules because you're playing by the NCAA rules and not what the business world rules are. But he built a successful business as a recruiter. All right. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what just, you said. I mean, yeah, what you were so trying I mean, to just, say. Yeah, so just, <laughs> you know, it, it all goes hand in hand. Um, no one should be surprised that he's able to recruit or will be able to recruit and has the advantages of, uh, as he likes to call it, the most unique experience in college hockey. Uh, he's not wrong. Uh, no. He's not. He's just not. Um it's so, funny, though, Paul, and I know you heard my interview with Jeremy Roenick, and, and when I asked Jeremy Roenick about ASU, he said, you know, it's easy recruiting to ASU, but down the road, he is genuinely concerned with the almighty building must be there because you cannot continue. And Jeremy brought up something that was a well, little I'm bit I'm sorry, different. what? I can't, I can't yeah. hear you. What? What? <laughs> I don't know what you're Jeremy, talking about. Jeremy brought up a different perspective, though, that – 
he didn't say, you know, for recruiting purposes, you need the building or for the alumni, you need the building. He said, you're doing a disservice to your players. Yes. By, and, and he didn't mean a slam against Oceanside because it's all they got and they made the very best of it. And Oceanside has done everything they could do to right. make it the best possible. So no, no slam there, but it is what it is. Right. right. And, and Jeremy Ramonic's point was, and I don't think this has been brought up a whole lot is you're doing a disservice to top caliber players in your program by not putting them in front of four or 5,000 people instead having them play in front of 600 fans that were turned away because they were students that wanted to get in and couldn't get in. So that's what he's talking about. And, and I, I hope I, the administration listens and I hope that they're dead serious about getting this done. And I hope they're able to get this done because it really is now starting to be a disservice for a guy like Johnny Walker, Brinson Pashnick, Joey Decord, guys like that deserve to play in front of four or 5,000 people. And, and while they're, they say they're totally happy there, eventually people right. are not going to be happy with that situation. Right. Well, if nothing else, those in guys, my opinion, <laughs> right. But if nothing else, those guys de deserve to be able to see the shovels go in the ground and be able to say, yeah, I built that. And yes. theoretically, even if it happened next year when some of them will be gone, uh, they would still be able to say it. If they don't get to play in the building, at least be able to say they were there when the building started. Yeah. So. Well, let me. Let me tell you this, too, in kind of closing, but a lot of the guys' comments that I saw coming back on the social media feeds were from the quote-unquote founding fathers who couldn't have been more proud of what happened in China, even though they weren't part of the program. They still feel like they were the ones that laid the groundwork for them to go there right. and to be successful there. And they were very, very proud alumni uh, that their Sun Devils won a tournament in China against professional players. So... I call, it what it, call it what it is. I'm still going to say that they deserve a lot of credit. And here's why I want to continue to hype it up just a little bit longer. And that's the fact that uh, when I look at the demographics in the desert Southwest of hockey fans, and I do it a lot, right. To see, to see who we can reach and how many we can reach. There are a majority of hockey fans that love the Sun Devil program, but don't fully understand NCAA hockey the caliber of NCAA hockey. They, they love their Sun Devils, but they don't understand. So whether the Sun Devils look at it and say, it wasn't the caliber of competition that we should be boasting ourselves about, that's fine. I understand. But your fans deserve to praise you and to pat you on the back and to say, good job, guys, and congratulations for making a trip to China and winning uh, because you play to win the game. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, right. I'm sure, uh, yeah, and I'm sure you got a few comments, and we can talk about this amongst ourselves later, uh, from one of those Sun Devil for Life, uh, Sun Devils for Life, uh, Mr. <laughs> Khan up there at uh, UNLV. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so, uh, hey, coaches said it often, and I have no reason to doubt him, but those guys, as you say, built the program, and they deserve credit, too. Absolutely. Well... We'll wrap it up on that. We'll let uh, let things kind of rest for a week and see if the Sun Devils do something else for us between now and next week when we record another show. Well, here's <laughs> they, seem to, they seem to come up with something all the time. So 
maybe they're going to sneak out and get on the other side of Wells Fargo and stick a shovel in the ground on, on Wednesday night or something, and we can talk about it next Thursday. I mean, I'm just hypothetically. <laughs> folks on the folks on the podcast, if you could just have seen Paul Don't Hornstein's go. eyes when I when I threw that comment out, he was going like, "If there's a shovel going in the ground, the ground Wednesday night, I don't care what time it is, Pacific time, you take a picture and send it to me." Is what those Absolutely. eyes? Absolutely. Listen, this is <laughs> the, the the final note for me. Uh, my hockey year of eighteen nineteen was very parallel between my Sun Devils and my Islanders. And things uh, went wrong, and they're starting to show pictures of the backhoe digging up some ground at Belmont Park. So we will well, keep our fingers crossed. I, I may get in trouble for this, but I think what I'm going to do is Wednesday about 10 p.m. I'm going to take my shovel and I'm going to go down to uh, out the other side of Wells Fargo, and I'm just going to kind of play around and have somebody videoing me what? moving a little can't, bit. What? Of- I can't hear you. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, you can hear me. You hear everything. <laughs> I know nothing. I know nothing. All right. Well, a quick tease for the for next week. Uh, I am going to visit uh, tomorrow with uh, Kenny McCudden, who is an assistant okay. coach with the Blue Jackets. He's in town running a uh, uh, training camp, NHL-style training camp for UNLV. He's done this for Coach Powers in the past. He's done right. it at UNLV at least last year and again this year. I saw him today out at the golf course. I said, I'd like to sit down and talk to you because you do have some uh, ASU connections. Um, we'll leave it at that. I think right. everybody can kind of read between the lines as who I'm talking about. But um, he said, sure, let's sit down and talk. So tomorrow morning about 9 o'clock, I'm going to meet him at City National Arena up here, and we're going to sit down and do a little conversation with the coach, Kenny McCudden. One of the questions I want to ask him, uh, aside from ASU, is, how in the world do you, do you work with torts every single day? <laughs> so let's see what his answer is when I throw that one out there. But what a great guy. They were on the golf course. And I'm going to throw this out. I know this is strictly NCAA stuff. But what because of what Coach Powers, the influence that he's had, this is the fourth year of UNLV's golf tournament. And one of the things that he preached them was fundraising and getting the community involved. They sold the golf tournament out again today. It was 109 degrees. The sun was beating down, and the UNLV people were out in force. Almost everybody that I got video of today, I think, had some sort of UNLV garb on. And uh, it was really kind of cool to see what they're doing. They're, they're also building depth at the ACHA level. And I, I said this earlier on, on Hockey Talk. I said, I can't wait to see this ACHA season as well. Yes, because right. we have got four of the best ACHA teams in the country right here in our, in our own backyard. And it's going to be so much fun to see them battle and see what they can do. Um, well, let's, let's put it this way. We'll finish off, or at least I will. Um, <laughs> Z, uh, Z Khan, we're rooting for you. Um, you know, uh, another fellow Sun Devil. And uh, we'll just go from there and, and – Keep our fingers crossed. Absolutely. Paul Hornstein, thank you so much for jumping in again um, on Long Island in New York. You know, I know you got to be running out of beaches pretty soon. Uh, yeah, but... I hope not. <laughs> um, I, I, I said on social media that I said, you probably aren't going to go back to work now because you got this hockey gig and a bunch of beaches. So at least until it freezes over, there's no reason for you to go back to being a school teacher. I am all for that. Let me tell you that right now. 
All right, sponsors, get on board. We need some College Hockey Southwest Weekly sponsors. Before we jump away, I got something new today, Paul. I'm doing a little plug. Can you see that? With that M drive package? Very That's nice. My M drive package. Nice. I went out and saw nice. the guys yesterday. They were doing a remote for the radio station. One of my good friends, John Gambadoro, over at uh, 98.7 was out. Uh, he's the one that hooked me up with M drive five years ago. All the people from M drive were there. They said nothing but good things about what we've been doing with M drive and how important it is to them. So, M drive. Thank you. Congratulations on your growth. Congratulations on our growth as we just won over 2,000 followers. Excellent. <clears throat> and as I clear my throat, Jay Hinnant, you don't get any better than Jay Hinnant. More no. OxyFile product. He throws it out to me whenever I need it. Uh, if you haven't tried this stuff, I'm telling you, I don't know what any hockey player ever would not have this in his bag. It's essential. It kills the germs. It kills the odor. It, it's you got to have it with you. I mean, even if you just carry it in your car and spray it in your car. Well, I do. Me too. Uh, so Jay Hinnett at Oxypal, I can't thank you enough for being on board as a sponsor. We're looking for big time sponsors. I've got a vehicle coming this way that's getting ready to be wrapped, and I can't wrap it until I've got three big sponsors. So if you're watching, you're listening, get a hold of me because the time is limited. We only got three spots on that vehicle that are going to have going to have your logo on it. 50,000 miles a year, my friend. And you send me some of those. Just send me some of those college bar tacos and we'll be good. Ah, there we go. Okay, you and Eddie Lack are both on the uh, taco <laughs> bar list. Paul, good. thanks again for jumping in. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk next week. We're going to talk it. hypotheticals. Okay. All right. Until next week, Scott Strandy, Paul Hornstein signing off. College Hockey Southwest Week. They're always available at icetimehockeysw.com at YouTube. Ice Time SW, and on your favorite podcast location at College Hockey SW Weekly. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive.